0: Hey everyone, pre-sale for the Two Crew Sweatshirts is available now. There's a link in our Instagram and Twitter bio. Go check it out. 100% of the profits from the sale of these sweatshirts is going to go to Back on My Feet, one of the best charities in the sport. And we're going to talk way more about that in coming episodes. But go check out the pre-sale. If you buy it now, it really, really helps us out and helps us maximize the amount of money we can give to this charity.
1: This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Mike Gendron. Trent Fontanella, and Steve
0: Jenner. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere in the middle of Massachusetts, back in civilian clothes. Mike how you doing? I, I thought of that on the spot. I still haven't come up with the right intro, but I'm going to get there.
2: I think I think that's kind of the right idea. Maybe just keep like experimenting with things that pop into your head and, you know, whatever, whatever is in the moment. And one of these days, it'll just happen. Uh But Steve, I'm good. It was planned off day Monday, which is a great day. And listen, I'm not saying that I don't take plenty of off days because I do take plenty of off days. But there's a big difference, big, big difference between a planned off day and a day you just didn't run. So I feel pretty good because in my in my running schedule, in my routine, what I was planned for today, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. I took the day off.
0: Nothing, nothing feels worse than the unplanned off day, especially like when you're when you're building up to something and, uh, you know, you're you you you're, you have a like a. A training plan, and you're following it, and you've been and you've been consistent with it. And then there's, you know, there's there's two different types of off days. There's the, the unplanned off days. There's, the unpl- there's the unplanned off day where you you feel like crap, right? And you could have had a long run the day before, a tough workout. You feel you just you don't feel like running that day, and you're looking ahead at the calendar. and say, "Well, I have an off day in a couple of days. I think I'm going to just shift that up." And you do it. And the next day, you never feel good about that unplanned off day. You always feel like it was a wasted day. You should have sucked it up. You should have got out there. And then the other one is your schedule gets too busy, right? It gets away from you. And you have to take an off day. Your hand is forced, whether it's work, family, whatever. And you have to take that off. And again, you, you just feel crappy about it because you could have had like an important workout or something that day and you were forced to not run. So any type of Unplanned off day is just you, you're gonna feel crappy afterwards. Shit, did we lose Mike? I'm back. All right, you're back. Good lord, I you got mis- most. Of my, you, mi- you missed my tirade on unplanned off. No,
2: day. I I got most of it. You sounded like a robot for most of it, but I I got most of it, and I I couldn't agree more. It and you know, there's no question that those uh those unplanned off days happen you know more frequently than they used to. And it weighs on you. It it really takes a toll on you. It, it plays it hurts in the mental game. You think about it for a couple of days in a row, and uh, yeah, it's 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 not great. It's not great. But today was not that day. Today was a planned off day, and that now that is a beautiful day.
0: So my how 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 was your uh, how was your weekend of running? Did you get in a long run this weekend, Mike?
2: I did. It sucked. Yeah, not good. It got done. I got I got all sixteen miles in but it was bad. It was ugly. I was grinding from like mile two. Uh, I took two falls, Steve, not one, two good falls. I mean, I was a mess. And by the end of it, it was just like, it it was one of those, you shut the watch off. You forget about pace. And it's like, this is just one of those long runs. I just, I got to get through. If I can get to the finish line, if I can say I got today done, then that's a win. So, you know those are, you got to have those long runs. Uh, it's gonna happen, and it was it was a grind. And I made the mistake where like we're in the the um you know time of year where the mornings are incredible for running, the best place to be. But I also am trying my best to work my uh, long runs in around the baby's nap so that I can you know not have to take any time away from hanging out with them. So I ended up not getting this run in until like noon, which was a big mistake. I mean, it was like a 30 degree difference from if I had gotten out into a morning run. So that really, that was not a wise decision.
0: I, uh, I did a long run with, uh, it was a like, it was a group training run. So for like the Bay State Marathon, the Bay State Marathon organized this thing where if you sign up for the Bay State Marathon, either full or the half, then you can participate in this, essentially supported long run. So it was a 16 mile run along the river. I was going to make it somewhere 18 to 20. Um, it just, Cause you know, you get out there with a group of people, other people run in, they have water stops and everything. So uh I, every single long run I've had has been like better than the last. And that's kind of like one of the things that's helped me get confidence as we head into the marathon. And so every single one I felt really, really good about after the fact, this was, probably the worst run I've had since I've started the, uh, the training. I, I, my legs felt like junk. I couldn't get in a groove. I, uh, I had planned. So I was going to do, like I said, 18 to 20, um, just based on how I was feeling, but I was going to do 10 miles at marathon race pace and somewhere around mile three, we cut down, I cut down to, to race pace. And, uh, at mile 12, I, I wanted to stop. I felt like crap. And it was, it was just a death march the rest of the ways, rest of the way in. I just told myself, I said, okay, this is practice for when you hit the wall in the marathon, what are you going to do? And it was just every single step for, oh man, I only went 17. So every single step for the next like five miles was just excruciating it was terrible. So I'm hoping that that's not an indicator of the weeks to come but just same over here tough tough long run weekend
2: maybe it's just that stage of of the the training cycle I, I, and it's amazing how much one run at this stage can impact your entire like confidence and mentality cuz you'll go out next weekend and you'll have the most badass long run and crush it and you'll be like all right, um, this is no problem. Like I'm going to crush this marathon. But the way you were feeling after that long run, it's like, Oh God, like am I in trouble? Am I not fit enough? But one run, all it takes is one run. Boom. You're going to
0: be, I came home and I started adjusting my pacing plans. My, my pacing, (laughs) my pacing, I officially went from like, like my mindset right now is I went from like a sub three hour marathon pacing to, you know, 310 pacing. Like I, I, my, my confidence, like you said, is just, it's just gone. And you know, I was also thinking, Mike, as you get closer, so you, you train for something for a year, as you get closer to the race day, is it a situation where you're harder on yourself because I feel like up, like we're within, we're within two months now. And um, even if I didn't feel great on a previous run, I could still say, Oh, I got three months. I got four months. Right. But I think as, as we're getting closer, there is no room for error. So maybe it could be, I'm just like scrutinizing every ache and pain and every bad mile, you know?
2: Oh, I think so. I think the stakes become higher too, because you only get so many of like the 18 to 22 mile long runs, right? You only get like three ish, three to four of like the huge long runs. So you feel like, Oh, these ones need to count. Like you need to make sure they're perfect. You need to hit them exactly the way you're supposed to hit them. And like, that is completely an unfair way to look at it. Like, you're not going to go out there. Everyone is not going to be perfect. You're going to have bad runs. Like you're going to have one or two bad runs. Oh, is it and unfair? through those ones,
0: is it unfair? Because that's, that's marathon, right? Like marathon, it doesn't matter what the weather is. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. You get, you get one shot out there. Right. And your, your, your legs are, your legs are done for the next couple months. Like you can't, you know, I mean, there's, there's crazies out there, but um that's, that's kind of the game, right? Yeah, but I think it's
2: unfair to feel like that you need to accomplish that every Sunday for six months leading up to a marathon. That's unrealistic that you're going to be able to, you know, hit that that one-day mentality for six months of long runs leading up to it. It's like you're going to have bad long runs. It's going to happen. And, like, you need to do your best to prepare and uh, get yourself ready so that on race day, your bad long run isn't the marathon, but it happens. We've both been there. We both have shown up for marathon day and, you know, had a bad day. Uh So, yeah, I, I do think it's unfair that, you know, you had one bad long run. It's like, oh, God, it's all going to shit. But it's hard. It's hard not to feel that way.
0: Yeah, no. Well, let's uh let's regroup. We got another Sunday. We got another Sunday long run coming up this week. And then we got a 20 miler and then it's uh then it's taper season. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's, it's getting close. I'm getting, I'm starting to get nervous. So, um, but it's also, it's also like, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for game day. Like I'm ready to get this 20, these, uh, these long runs out of the way and I'm ready to, ready to show up on race day and and see what I got and see where I'm at. So hopefully, hopefully I'm able to pull it together for the next couple, next couple weekends and, uh, everything's go smoothly on race day, but Mike, um I wanted to talk to you about something and I think I did something really stupid. Like really Lo- I love it. Like, I love really,
2: it. I love it when a conversation starts like this.
0: Like really 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 stupid. So I you know, I this this marathon thing, this, you know, this training for this marathon has really kind of kicked my butt. Oh my god. Like, well, you don't even know where I'm going with this. You don't even I know bet. where I'm going with this. Where, 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 ba- where do you, oh, my God. What do you where do you think I'm going with this?
2: I got a bad feeling about this.
0: No, I, no, it, it's it's not. It's not what you think. It's not what okay. you think. It, this is the type of this is the type. This is the way you reacted when I said, oh, I kind of got the marathon bug at this point last year. OK, so but-
2: I, I it, maybe it's in my head because somebody texted me today. With their Boston Marathon registration email, so that just popped in my head that that that's where you were going with this no nah,
0: that's that's not Thank that's God. not necessarily where I was going, but what I will say i i've been you know I've been feeling good like I'm feeling good getting back out there running, I've been feeling good, like eating healthy, I've been feeling good, losing weight like i just i i just i feel i feel like an athlete again. And I want to keep this train going and I want to I want to I want to keep my running going. I don't want to do marathons anymore, but maybe I want to get mix it up in the local scene again. And maybe I want to you know, focus on some other distances shorter than a marathon. So I'm just trying to find ways to keep this momentum going. And a big thing that I think I've I've struggled with over this past year and something that I need to really focus on is kind of like the stabilization piece the strength piece, you know, kind of making myself a well-rounded athlete. So I'm not just like scared of injury every single day, because it's been a year and I've told you every single time we get on the mics, I tell you guys, like, as long as I can stay injury free, I'm going to be good. And so I want to get away from just this game of constantly like avoiding injuries and just make myself like a strong, stable athlete again. Um, So I signed up for, like this personal training group and they meet twice and I have to meet with the personal trainer twice a week. And, um, uh, my, my schedule is just, it's insane, right? Like I can't, I I thought about doing this six months ago, but I just like, there's no way I could have ever found time to, to meet with a trainer. Um, but I found a time and for the next, at least three months, I'm committed to meeting my trainer at 5. A.M., every Tuesday and Thursday morning.
2: So what what exactly do you mean by personal training? Are you talking like so lifting or
0: yeah, like strength like in the gym, like at my gym. So it's it's not like I guess it's not technically a personal trainer. It's like a personal training group. So it's like you meet every morning with a group of five people and the the trainer like knows your goals and like knows your weaknesses, your strengths. So it's essentially a personal trainer for like a fourth of the cost, right? Um, and you sign up for like three months at a time, but I, I am paid and I am committed to next three months, every Tuesday, Thursday morning, meet my trainer at 5am.
2: So this is not crazy because you're, you're finding a way to fit in another thing to your crazy schedule or that you're working out at five in the morning. Cause those are things that I expect you to always do find a way to squeeze things into your busy schedule and to, to do crazy records this is crazy because it's only a matter of time until you're getting rushed to the hospital with your shoulder hanging out well, of your arm
0: again <laughs> yeah, that's why that, it's crazy well yes that that's why i'm doing this like i, I don't want to go down the crossfit route again i'm not i'm not doing olympic lifts i want somebody that like knows the fact that my shoulder is like the most instable joint in that entire gym facility right So that's why I'm doing this. But, Mike, I just want to backtrack. You think that me going to the gym at 5 a.m. every morning is something you expect of me? I mean, not that I would expect it from
2: you, but you saying that you're going to get up at 5 a.m. I'm not getting up at 5
0: a.m. I'm at the gym at 5 a.m.
2: You you, you telling me that you're going to start a program where you're getting to the gym at 5 a.m i wouldn't be like shocked i wouldn't be like what steve's doing you know what i mean like that seems like oh yeah i mean i guess that sounds like something you would do
0: all right all right well hey you know i guess that's i guess i'm that guy and uh you, you know you sure i'm him so um yeah so i'm doing that so anyways um after this marathon you know i'm putting the rest of the new england running scene on notice right now like i'm back like don't let me get hot that's all i'm gonna say don't let me get hot because if I start, you know, you know, getting in the gym and start and the next thing, you know, I'm back on the track and I'm and I'm and I'm winning local five K's again. And then I'm I'm back. I'm back in the mix, baby. You know, you know, like they, yeah, so they, they, uh, they, they, they they wrote me off, but I ain't wrote back yet. <laughs> oh, God.
2: So I guess that would be the question is what are you, are you targeting more of a track scene or more of like the five K, you know, local 5k 10k
0: scene so see now you're gonna even think i'm even crazier for this next statement i uh i am i am already preparing to try and be dominant in the masters 5k
2: in the masters what
0: 5k on the track
2: what what is uh what is masters 40 plus 40 plus you got a couple of years for that.
0: I know. I don't know. <laughs> like when I that when I when I sat down to think about okay, like what are my like long term goals? And it's like, well, I want to like qualify for like a, a big like professional meet. Not not as professional, but like the Masters is different than the pre- professional. But I want to qualify for a big meet by the time I'm a master. So that's like, yeah, that's that's a few years down the road. But I guess uh, that's a uh, that we're looking long term, Mike. Yeah. There's, all right. There's no, there's no overnight success in the sport
2: fair enough fair enough yeah all right good luck for that i mean that it's just a kind of i don't want to say it's a sad thought but the fact that you're already preparing to be a master's runner is that is sad sad. yeah maybe just don't tell people that you can in the back of your mind like have it on your goal sheet yeah that's all right (laughs) nobody's listening
0: I don't know. Like what? Okay. Well, help me, help me establish a goal. Like what should my goal be? Because no, like, I think, here's, here's, I, think a, like, I think that's a, I think that's a fine I, goal. He, I'll t- I'll give you like my, I'll give you my thought process behind it. Like I want to be, I want to be competitive at a very, very high level in order to do that. That's like several years. Like, it's going to take me several years to get to that point, right? Several years of hard work and patience, like, to be at, like, a very, very high level. So, like, when I, when I look a couple years down the road, like, what, like, I guess, what, what does that mean? What does it mean being very highly competitive? And if I look a couple years down the road, then I'm, like, a very good 37-year-old runner. Like, that puts me nowhere. So, like, what's the next level? Like, what's the next yeah. step beyond that? I listen,
2: well, I, I think it's a great goal. I just think, you know, maybe keep it to yourself for a little bit. Okay. Just, just just tell people you're trained, you know, to be to win the road. C- because you're right. I mean at some point you need to like and I'm not saying you're there yet, but at some point you need to like resign your fact yourself to the fact that like going out to the local five Ks or whatever, like there's always gonna be those 22 year old kids who are you know running sub 15 and doing all these crazy things and you got to readjust your goals so you could beat yourself up like a crazy person 38 years old and you know just completely like mentally and physically demoralize yourself all the time or you could you know regroup and decide hey listen I'm getting ready for the Masters, and that's uh, you know, that's where I'm going to be dominant. That's where you're going to reemerge as as the dominant force. So, listen, I think it's a fine goal. I think it's a fine goal, just a yeah. long ways away.
0: Yeah, I know. I it would be nice to be feared on the local scene again. Like I think that I, uh, you know, I, I think there was a time where you know I was showing up to the I was told on the starting line. You know, it was like you know I was the favorite at most of the local fi- most of the local road races. Um, and that, you know, that's completely and totally gone. So I think that's the next step is 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 become dominant on the local scene again.
2: Yeah, I and that's like that's more fun than like being dominant on the or not even dominant, but like going back to the track or like when you can get yourself back in the local scene and like you said, be uh be one of those guys who it's like you know, someone showing up, just kind of like peeking over their shoulder, starting line, hoping you're not you're not coming to line that day. I think that's a good place to be.
0: All right. All right. Well, maybe that we'll, we'll take it. We'll take baby steps. then. All right. So two crew, we've talked about it a couple times on this podcast, but we're going to kick off this next part of the podcast by kind of asking for your help and asking for your support. Um, you know, we're selling the two crew sweatshirts. Our link is in the Instagram bio and our Twitter, Twitter bio. So you can go there and buy it through nor east com's website, but we're asking for your help because we're selling these to raise money for, for charity. And to be honest, the, uh, the preseason, uh, preseason, geez, the, uh, the pre-sale efforts haven't been great. We haven't been seeing the numbers that we kind of hope for out of the two crews. So we want to kind of like, you know, Ask the two. I mean, the, the two crew has been awesome. And, you know, you guys, you, you ha, you've been behind us every step of the way. And so we're asking for your help. Let's make one last push at uh, at, at kind of selling these shirts and and raise a lot of money for for back on my feet and to give you guys a little bit more uh information about what back on my feet is and what we're trying to raise money for and why we chose this organization to raise money for, to give to uh, the community in Indianapolis when we're there uh, at the beginning of November. Uh, we have on the program director for the Boston chapter of back on my feet, Jen Hyde for an interview. So um, why don't we kick that off now? Hi, Jen. Uh there we go. Hey, Jen. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, no.
1: Hi.
0: How's it going?
1: Good. How are
0: you? Doing well. So do you and Trent
3: know each other?
1: We do, Trent. It's so good to see you. I miss you and Megan so much.
3: Me- Megan was an MVP of the Back of My Feet Circle, and I, like, tagged along on her coattails, <laughs> though. So, But it makes us look like a good couple, I think. It gives me <laughs> some credit. But, yes, it's good to see you. Uh the other connection Jen has is she used to live in the same town that I live in right now in Idaho, which is really oh, wow. insane.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so anyways, welcome. You know, I i don't know I don't know how much uh Trent has told you about kind of what we're doing or or kind of what our what our goals are, um, or even who we are, what we're doing. Um, we've been doing this podcast for about three years now, and we've we we have like a a, a good enough following one that we're proud of and one that we want to kind of maintain and, and, and you know, keep going. And we, you know, we, we all have busy lives. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we still work hard to kind of put out the podcast every single week. But once a year, we kind of challenge ourselves, we do some sort of uh, race or some sort of uh, running challenge. And, uh, you know, the three of us, you know, we, we try to get together and travel to do it. And this year, we're heading to Indianapolis to do the Indianapolis Marathon, and while we're there, we wanted to try and find something to to give back to the community, Indianapolis. So um, we're essentially selling sweatshirts, and all the profit that we make of sweatshirts, we've decided to kind of give to Back on My Feet, Indianapolis. And um, and so, you know, just to kind of tell our listeners and the you know the 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 audience that we have a little bit more about what Back on My Feet is we decided to, you know, have somebody on from the organization. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of telling, you know, the listeners, you know, who you are and kind of what you do for for Back on My Feet.
1: Yeah, sure. So my name is Jen Hyde. I am the program director for the Boston chapter of Back on My Feet. Um, So Back on My Feet has 17 chapters, I think we're up to now across the U.S. in a lot of major cities. Um, And so I oversee the Boston uh, chapter specifically. And my role is, I, oh gosh, I we do a lot as staff members. I work alongside one other staff member who is amazing. And we are doing everything on a weekly basis from, you know, meeting with some of the facility partners that we work with. So we work with individuals who are in some form of transitional living. So whether that be a re-entry program coming out of incarceration, addiction recovery program, or some other form of transitional homeless shelters. Um, here in Boston, we work with about 10 of them. So we are in and out of facilities, talking with potential new members, meeting with contacts there, to out doing our morning runs. We run three mornings a week, bright and early, 5.45 a.m., um we're out there with our members and with a crew of volunteers we run year round it's awesome it's a lot of fun um, and in addition to that, we have a workforce development program. So part of what my role is, is to figure out, you know, who are community partners that we can meet with that will engage with us and support our members in their journey towards self-sufficiency. So whether that be helping someone build a resume, practice mock interviews, get a job, um, a sustainable job that pays them a livable wage, find an apartment, you know, clear up their quarry, their criminal background, build credit, whatever it is, um, we have a kind of a robust program. Programming That can help do that. Um, and then also some days I'm up to my eyeballs and sneakers because that's what we do is we make sure that everybody who joins us gets a, a brand new set of weather appropriate clothing. So right now it's t-shirt shorts and sneakers so that if someone doesn't have the right clothing, that's not going to be a barrier to them participating in back on my feet.
3: Love it. Jen, thanks for giving us that that overview of it. I want to talk specifically just to start us off with the morning runs that you mentioned, because that's the part that I'm most familiar with and, and how I was involved in the program before. So um, you gave us kind of the brief entry there three times a week, getting up 545, meeting everybody. For me, it was right in the Boston Commons. So got a lot of Boston listeners here. They'll know different spots that I meet to run with. But uh, I mean, you more than anybody else will come to these five forty-five runs with just a ton of energy, you know, excitement. And we're we're just getting pumped up. People are looking at us as they're walking by this big group. That's. Like getting in the huddle and screaming and yelling, uh, and so you're bringing energy. But also those those huddles are, are pretty energizing, right? Those those runs in the morning to actually get out there with the fellow volunteers, uh, uh, with the members. So what's what's that like to to start your day like that when you get up and, and meet actually, you know, in Boston Common or wherever it is, and meet with some members and some volunteers, go for a little jog. Uh, what's that feeling like when you're there, and, and how does that kind of energize you for the rest of your day?
1: That's that's the best way to start your day. I mean, you're up and out early and you've had this major win or major like thing that you've done before half the world is awake. Um, And so I love it. I'm a morning person um, and I convince a lot of our members that they should be morning people. Um, And it's awesome. You know, we circle up. We have anywhere from. You know, five or 10 people up to our team in the South End has like 40 people that show up on a regular basis. And so you show up there, there's so many people who you know expect you to be there there's the accountability part you know you get there you see your friends you see the members you see other volunteers and you you answer your question of the day you pick the route that you're going to run and then and then you do it sometimes you're running sometimes you're walking um at the end there's there's high fives to go around we have a back on my feet cheer and you walk away it's it's 45 minutes you're in you're out and then you're ready to take on your day you get the mental health benefits of getting moving early in the morning um and then you also get to see a lot of cool people and run the city while everybody else is sleeping so you kind of get the city to yourself
3: the uh the morning runs through boston i'm sure you know steve and mike have done it plenty of times being from the area but when you're running i'm like you know uh in the seaport or something looking out of the ocean or you're running along the charles river as the sun's coming up uh it's a pretty good pretty good way to start your day hey
0: jen you know i i think the, the the everything you've said about uh uh back on my feet is like it's it's super noble and i think it's it's a really amazing organization that's helping people in a, in a really important way um but i think one thing that i just kind of want to dive into like before we get too deep into this interview like what why is running why do you view running like why is running the cornerstone of this organization or maybe it's not or why, why is it like an important piece of this organization
1: yeah, so back on my feet, the, the thing that makes us unique is that running and or walking. So we, we have a lot of members who walk um, and a lot of members who run. We're probably like a 50-50 split, but there's a, a ton of workforce development programs in Boston. Like you can you get a lot of resources to get someone to help you build a resume, get out there and do whatever. What makes us unique is that running component. Um, A lot of our members, we're meeting them in a space where they haven't had many wins in their lives. Their, you know, um, self-confidence, self-esteem is not in the space that it needs to be to walk into an interview and feel proud and and really sell yourself. And so we start with a commitment to running and walking with us. um, And you have to show up every day in order to qualify for some of the other benefits. And we like to celebrate things a lot at back of my feet. So we have a whole mileage incentive program. So at five miles, we, we track everybody's miles and, um, and attendance at five miles, you get a wristband at 25 miles. You get this awesome t-shirt that says 25 miles and counting right on the back. And people achieve those milestones and we give them out at the end of every month. And you just see like the excitement and you see that self-confidence and the self-esteem build back up. And that's part of why we do what we do is because before someone can walk into an interview, before someone can sell themselves and really kind of get back on their feet and get back to that self-sufficiency, they need to build up kind of the, some of the stuff that they've been missing within, within themselves, within that self-esteem, within that self-confidence. So that's where the running and walking comes in and really makes a difference.
0: You know, it it makes sense to me because I mean, I think the the three of us and anybody listening to this podcast can relate. Where you know, the times in my life where I've been um, most dedicated to running, where it's been like an important part of my daily routine, are the times in my life where I have been a better all-around person. I've been a more productive person. I've been a happier person. I've just been, I've just been a better, you know, contributor to society. Um, So I, I, it's something that just like it really, really resonates with me. And I, and I think that, you know, running is such a unique activity where you have that, you have that kind of um, intro curve where when you start doing, like there's just that every single day is an accomplishment and you're, you're seeing physical changes, you're seeing mental changes. um, You're feeling like the health benefits. So um, it just, to me, it makes sense. And I think it's like, it's so awesome that there's this organization that's connecting you know, this, the physical activity and the benefits of running to to other parts of your life.
1: Yeah, the mental health benefits are also huge. Majority of our members have some mental health challenges that they're working through. And, you know, exercise is the best form of, of it helping with depression, with depre- with anxiety, with all those things um, that people may struggle with from a mental health com- perspective.
2: And I think sometimes it's, you know, you hear all these like amazing, great things and it's, you know, to connect to it, it's, it's awesome, but sometimes it's a little bit easier to connect to it when, you know, you can hear someone's personal story or, or some kind of success story. Would you be willing to share kind of, uh, you know, a success story or a personal experience that you've had that kind of like really shows the power of Back on My Feet?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we talk about a lot at Back on My Feet is community and the community of support that back on my feet provides. So yes, we do running, we do walking, we do workforce development and all that, but it's the underlying part of it is also about the community of support. And, and that's really what we talk a lot about. And so one of my favorite stories, success stories of members is actually the first member that I ever worked with at back on my feet. Um, his name is Armando. He's the first member I did an intake with, I did goal setting with, I got to give financial aid to, um, and so when he, when we first started, when I first started and he joined, um, running was a thing for him instantly. He was, he's a great runner. He could do races, he could do whatever. So the running component was a good mix for him and really helped with his mental health. And during the runs, he connected with some of our volunteers, one of our volunteers who actually, you know, kind of highlighted to him a career path for him. He's, he's Cape Verdean. He speaks five languages fluently, which is just, Mind blowing to me. And so she was, she worked in the medical field and she said, you know, we could really use medical interpreters for within our hospital and kind of turned him on to that, that idea and that career. We ended up paying for him to take a certification class so that he could become a medical translator. And he ended up taking some time off. He had a relapse in there and, and didn't finish the program till about nine months later, but he finished it. And since then, he's gotten a couple jobs in the field. He's doing amazing. And we still keep in touch. This is like three years now, three and a half years now. And about two months ago, I reached out to him because I had a member who is from Brazil and she speaks only Portuguese, not a lick of English. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, Armando, I I need your help. And he sat on the phone with me so that I could communicate with her and do the goal setting and do everything so that I could help another member just really like paying it forward seeing that community aspect come full circle was was amazing
3: it's yeah it's great to see like and hear the different ways that it's impacting people's lives and you know running is such a a central tenant to what we're all about and what back my feet is all about and then it gets used to to kind of impact everyone in such a, a variety of different ways on the running side just to Uh, you know, something we can all relate to, right, is like a new PR uh, running a different race so that you have never completed before your marathon or something like that. What's it like when you see a member who's been coming at you I mean, running is, there's a barrier to running for a lot of these people or any kind of athletics with with gear and just get into a certain spot at a certain time. But what's it like to see someone come into the program who's maybe hasn't had much of a history with it and then is able to kind of turn, you know, a couple miles walks into eventually running that first 5k and maybe even um, more than that beyond that.
1: Yeah. The first 5k is my favorite. We actually did our first um, 5k where we kind of went out into the community and joined one in, in a while, basically since COVID at back on my feet, we've been doing our own 5k's with just our community. But last weekend we did it, um, the road to wellness in Boston, and there was probably 800 people there. And I usually don't run cause I like to take pictures and make sure everybody gets back. And the greatest thing in the world is when you're standing at the finish line and waiting trying to take pictures and you see these people who are solid walkers like I run next to them every single run and I'm like hey you want to run you want to run you want to run and it's next time Jen next time Jen and I'm standing at the finish line and I see all my solid walkers just like so motivated so living in the the adrenaline and all that of the the 500 800 people that are around them they're sprinting into the finish line and you just they cross the finish line and it's like this moment of, of such self-accomplishment and being just like so proud, like, wow, I just did that. It, and I ran part of it. It is, for me, it's the greatest, but for them, it's it's incredible. Like they go home and I see on their social media channels and all that, just the bragging and the photos they put up and everything, just sharing with their family and their friends and being so proud. It's it's the best. I love people's first 5k's that they do.
3: It's, it's so good to hear that because so Steve, Mike and I, you know, we were college runners, right? And a lot of our listeners are probably competitive, at least high school runners, college runners. And so you kind of get in this, this world, you're surrounded by people that are, I don't know, um, just just been involved in running for so long, like take it for granted. And then you go back and you participate in these morning runs. And I remember like kind of the same feelings you had. You see people that start to run and it's it's just heartwarming. And it reminds you of like all the benefits kind of like C was mentioning that you get from running and and what the running does on a daily basis, and then what you get from the actual accomplishments of running the race or new distances. So yeah, I just to echo what you were saying to see kind of additional people um, you know, hit these goals, people that they really didn't have this option before Back on My Feet gave them kind of a, an avenue to, to pursue something like this, um, just as it really pumps you up when you go out there in the mornings.
0: So we we kind of, we learned about Back on My Feet through Trent, and I know that he's been, him and his his now fiance have been involved in the, it with, uh, with Back on My Feet in the past. If any of our, so you said there's, there's 17 chapters, if any of our listeners wanted to get Involved with Back of My Feet in some way, say they wanted to come out to a run or something. What does that look like? Is that, is that possible?
1: Yeah, of course. So, across all of our chapters, you can go to our website, just backofmyfeet.org. There is a big tab at the top that says volunteer. You'll go through volunteer orientation. Um, we are always looking for people to come out and be morning run volunteers with us. A lot of our volunteers are actually just like magically these phenomenal runners that you would never know because they'll show up just very nonchalant. They'll walk when they need to walk. They'll run when they need to run. And then in this background, all of a sudden you hear about, they're like qualifying for Boston or doing something crazy. And it's amazing. So we definitely have a lot of volunteers who are part of the running community as well, which is great. Um, And always looking for more, especially right now, volunteerism because of COVID has been very challenging. We are, all of our chapters are in need of volunteers. Um, The commitment's one morning a week. So it's about 45 minutes of your life each week. So it's a great opportunity. It's an easy, low entry, um, but also allows you to do something, use something that you love towards helping other individuals kind of for a greater purpose.
2: And I, I know, you know, a lot of our listeners are in the Boston area, but we do have people who listen from all over the country. So you don't, you don't need to list all 17, but can you just shout out like a couple of the bigger programs of the country? So if someone's listening and hears, oh, I didn't realize that we had that in, in my city, you know, they can hop on that.
1: Yeah. So we have like New York, Philly, Baltimore, DC, West Coast. We have um, San Fran and LA. We have a couple in Texas and Austin and Houston. Um, Denver is also another good one that we have that people might not know about. Um, and then Atlanta has another big one and Indy, obviously Indy where it's where you guys are headed. So we'll have to get you tied into the team there to join for a morning run for anybody who, who is, who's signed up to run that marathon.
3: Not, not rural Idaho. That one's coming. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm working on that. That's been on my list. Yeah, <laughs> I'd we'll like to be program one. director there. <laughs>
0: is, 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 is back on my feet looking to continue to grow or is, is that, are like, they, are they constantly looking at new cities?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we are always I think within the last year, we've had a couple like two or three new cities open up and we have someone fully dedicated to expansion, whether that be within our current cities, because there's more room to grow or within other cities um, around the US.
0: I was telling I I was telling somebody about back on my feet because they were just curious and I, I didn't I was telling what I knew. And they were like, well, how do we get that in our city? They were just like, that sounds like an amazing organization. So um, yeah, no, that's pretty cool.
3: Jen, can you, uh, can you wrap us up and just, just get our listeners excited about buying some sweatshirts that are going to go and support back on my feet?
1: Yes. Buy all the sweatshirts and all the gear because the money that, you guys will end up donating to us. We'll go to getting someone that first pair of shoes that they need to come out and join us or getting the t-shirt or getting the sweatshirt or buying that 25 mile and counting t-shirt that really makes people so proud of what they're doing. Um, so buy all the goods, buy like six sweatshirts, give them out for Christmas. They're amazing Christmas gifts and they're for a good cause. You can write a little note that says this is benefiting back on my feet and people working on their way towards self-sufficiency.
0: Uh, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, if, if somebody's already bought a sweatshirt and they want to continue to give to back on my feet, is there a way, I'm sure there's ways to donate directly, but are you guys, are you, are you looking for, for shoes, gear, that sort of thing?
1: So we, there's always a way to donate financially. Um, Gear gets a little bit tricky depending on the chapter because we do give all of our members new sneakers. Um, So I would say contact your local chapter and they can tell you. I'm happy to share all the information. In Boston, we have an Amazon wish list with miles long for winter gear that we are already collecting because starting in October, we got to give it out because it gets cold at 545 in the morning. Um, so each of our chapters has their own kind of unique thing that they're looking for. But financial donations are always needed. Um, and you can just go to our website for that.
0: All right, cool. That's awesome. How about you? Do you, guys, are you? Are you training for anything? You got any running
1: goals? Not right now. I, I'm on sabbatical. I have like an almost two-year-old daughter who just has taken up any ounce of time that I have to do long runs. I get like 45 minutes a couple times a week. And that does not allow for marathon training or half marathon training. But soon, soon, it's on my list.
0: Mike and I are both living that right now. I got a, I got a two-and-a-one-year-old, and, and Mike's got a, a – how old is Joel now? Eight months. Eight months. So we're uh, – like a lot of jogging stroller time.
1: Yeah, so- but, but the jogging stroller is so heavy. Like, I feel God. like – It's like a whole different ballgame when I don't have my arms and I'm like trying to run up a hill. I'm just like, oh, this I'm really out of shape right now.
0: (laughs) Well, going uphill is tough. But what really scares me is going downhill. There's no break. <laughs> yeah, like, Mine
1: doesn't have a break. I'm just hoping for the best and like tying the strap around my wrist.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've actually I've actually got to the point where I've stopped running downhill because I, I'll be running down the hill and I'll hold it onto it and I'll just like all the scenarios will run through my head. It's like I could just trip over this crack. This could my hands are swayed. It's good slip. I'm I'm a slip. I'm done running down the hill with these things. So yeah,
1: yeah. The jogging stroller was like what all I cared about when I was pregnant, and then I ran for my first time with it and was like, oh. Well, this isn't as fun right. as I thought. Like, I like running by myself.
3: <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that that is true. Sometimes sometimes you do need it to just kind of get out of the house and be like, I need, I need, this is my, this is my me time.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I also don't want to glaze
2: over the phrasing there where you're on sabbatical. I like that. I'm going to start using that because I've been on yeah. like a four or five
3: year sabbatical. So, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Gonna... Like, everybody needs a little <laughs> sabbatical in their life, you know? Yeah. It's fine. Now my training is for like a 10 K like a 5k. Yeah. You can always kind of just hammer out a 5k, but if I were to do a 10 K, I might need to like do a run or two before that. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm aiming for these days.
3: This this is making me look bad, and I lose to Mike and Steve and the man I found in a couple of months with the yeah. You better start running. You have the have
1: altitude no thing on your side, though. I'm telling you, that's altitude right. training is is huge. You,
3: you got to train with it, though. Though I don't think it happens um just from living there. I think I need to re running more to, to to get the benefits. But
0: that's what he keeps telling himself. He's like every time he skips his long run. He's like, well, I'm I'm altitude training right now. Yeah, right.
1: I got 6,400 feet. It's fine. <laughs>
3: That's right. A year to go and, and altitude training. I'm,
1: uh, <laughs> When's the marathon for you guys?
3: November 5th. Okay. So coming up. We
0: are, uh, we're, we're just about a month and a half away. So it's, a uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's go time right now. It's, it's 20 mile, 20 mile, you know, uh, run season right now. You get those in and then, and then we're into taper season. So.
1: All right. That's awesome.
0: Uh, we're looking forward to it. Um but hey Jen, I I just want to say thank you for for coming on. You know, I think that, you know, personally I I told Trent, you know, like when I was learning more about this, like I'm mad that I haven't known more. I didn't know about back on my feet and I haven't like, you know, been able to do anything in the past with it. Um but I'm glad that we're able to kind of, you know, do something now and I I hope to get uh in, involved with the the Boston chapter in, in some way kind of going forward. So I'm excited. Um and I know it's 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 late here, so I, I again I appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Any awareness that you raise about Back of My Feet and money that gets donated to us. um, It's awesome. Would love to hook you guys up with the indie chapter while you're there. Um, They will welcome you with open arms so you can see what we do firsthand. Um, But really appreciate everything that you guys are doing too.
3: Well, thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. We'll see you in Victor sometime soon, hopefully. Yeah, Come yeah, back to yeah, visit yeah. your old friends. <laughs>
1: All
0: right, all thanks right. guys. Thank you so right. much. Hey, you. that was great. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again to Jen for coming on the podcast. It was great kind of learning a little bit more about Back on My Feet and all the great things that they're doing uh here in Boston and, you know, that they're doing all over the country. So, uh yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've, you know, we've talked about Back
2: on My Feet and tried to like give our perspective on it and kind of why we decided to move forward with it but uh jen was the perfect person to really help people get a sense of like what that organiz- organization's about and like why it's important and why you know we're going forward with the the fundraiser we are she has like such a energy for it and you know she described it perfectly and uh, you know i love hearing like the personal stories i, I feel like that always kind of uh helps people understand a little bit more about like the impact, a, a organization like that can have.
0: All right, Mike, I, uh, I, I you, you mentioned that you kind of listened to an interview with our guy, Noah Lyles and I had, I was surprised that I hadn't heard about it cause I'm pretty in tune with everything this guy's doing, but I hadn't heard it. And you said there was something from that interview that you wanted to bring up.
2: I did. Yeah. So the, I mean, it was a pretty good interview. I think it was like four. um, like the Olympic Channel or something like that. It was for like uh, some program, an Olympic. Uh, I don't know. Looking forward to like the the Paris or the the next Olympic or something like that. And uh, so yeah, it's some interesting points, couple of things. I know um, they had some surprise people jump in. And he mentioned he's going for Usain Bolt's world record, which is like not like a crazy thing for him to say. I think anybody who's at the top of the game in the sprints would say that they're going to try and get a world record. Um, so I don't think that that's crazy. But the one thing that he said that I kind of wanted to break down a little bit. So we all know his infamous celebration where he came across the line and he ripped open his, uh, his singlet. He claimed that he practiced that celebration and he practiced ripping apart his jersey. And my first thought on this was like, oh, wow, that's like pretty cocky that he was, you know, practicing a a championship celebration like that. But then I thought about a little bit more and it's like, if you have like one of his choreographed dances or something that he said he practiced, that's one thing. But I feel like ripping open a jersey is such like a spontaneous thing. It does kind of feel a little weird to practice ripping open your jersey. So, Steve, I wanted to hear your thoughts on Noah <laughs> practicing uh, ripping his jersey leading up to, to his championship.
0: All right. Two thoughts come to my mind, like right away. And I, I love this topic because I, there's so many different directions I want to go with this. But I want to start by saying that if you think you have a chance to win and you want to rip your jersey off on national television, You better know that you can rip that jersey apart. So you get a couple couple, you know, couple, you know, duplicate jerseys and know that you can actually rip that thing apart. You know, and maybe you you learn that, okay, I need to put like a snip on this seam right here to make sure it rips correctly. So when it happens on game day, I know it can I know it can rip because Nothing would make you the laughing stock of the sport, entire sporting world more than trying to rip your jersey after you win and not being able to do it. So, this guy is so dialed in to what he's doing that he's even practicing an effective celebration. I'm all for it. My second thought is, did you see? The clip of uh, Russell Wilson sell uh, like practicing high fives on the way out to the field. No, I
2: did not. So see. he doing
0: this practice thing where he was like in he he was doing like a walkthrough and he was pract- They open up the door and he practices giving high fives to people on his way out to the practice field. And as soon as I saw that, I hammered the Seattle Seahawks week one because I was like, I am not betting on a guy that's practicing high fives on the way out, but. You better believe I'm practice- I'm betting on a guy that's practicing his celebration. Don't, don't, don't practice, you know, your your you know, your fan fear before the game. Practice what you're gonna do after you win. That's okay. you know what that is, Mike? That's difference. manifestation. That is, that is a guy saying, I've already told myself that I'm going to win this thing. So I might as well practice what I'm gonna do after I win it. I love it.
2: How how does Nike feel about you know him like having to request Adidas. a couple? He's you know, yeah, that's right. Adidas, that's, that's my fault. That's my fault. Well, the It U- Well, whatever, doesn't matter. But you know, he's like, I got to request a, a couple extra uh the singlet so I can rip them in half prior to the uh to the
0: big race. Well, side. if Adidas or USA Track and Field uh knows then, what's
2: good, from, yeah, that's true. They good
0: for them. They better they better realize that Noah Lyles is one of your Freaking meal tickets right now in this sport. He's like he is oozing personality in a sport that is des- in desperate need of personalities. So if Noah Lyles asks for a couple extra singlets so he can practice rip his doing his his ripping celebration, give him those damn singlets.
2: Yeah, and he, like I said, that was my initial gut reaction. Was like, oh man, that's like the heart of a champion. This guy's already like not even worried about the race. He's he's thinking about practicing his his routine like i said, i started second guessing a little bit I, I don't know just something about the ripping of a jersey that just feel like i guess in my mind i want that to be a spontaneous moment right like i want him to cross the line and just like be overcome with like joy and just rip it open i to me it's like i love the fact that he was preparing to win but I almost kind of feel like it takes away from the moment a little bit. Now, knowing that it was like a pre-rehearsed, not like genuine moment. I don't know. I guess that's where well, I, I came from.
0: We started this conversation off by talking about a different athlete and his world record the Usain Bolt. Do you know it's the point? The point was a rehearsed planned thing. Did you know that?
2: Yeah, but well, I maybe I didn't know that, but still like that seems more like a calling card like it that feels more rehearsed the ripping of a jersey feels like something that was like spontaneous i don't know It just like
0: yeah i get it, i get what you're it, saying like passion and emotion just it, like
2: overtakes you
0: isn't it like uh isn't he trying to be like an anime character like isn't that like an anime character thing like busting out of your shirt like oh yeah um, like some dragon ball z type yeah. yeah yeah so maybe like he's trying to make that as like his his anime right. like calling so, card
2: If he starts ripping his jersey after every championship, I'm all in on that. I mean, that's that'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm here for that.
0: Mike, when I break three hours in Indy, I'm ripping my jersey. Okay. When I
2: break four hours, when I break four hours, I'll rip my jersey too. All right.
0: All right. Okay. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, but did you know the the Usain Bolt? point was like uh he he was doing it to draw attention to um his his spikes so uh you know puma asked him to do something to to draw attention to the spikes and so the first time he did it he took him off and he was like he was pointing at the spike so he's holding it in one hand he was pointing at the spike and that's no what that's where the point came from
2: i did not know that yeah that's fantastic yeah it's like that's like one of the more iconic you know Sports celebrations of all time.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it, and uh, I mean, and it kind of you know he, the next time he didn't, he obviously didn't have the spikes, but it 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 became like the coolest calling card. So right, all right, I I, I needed
2: to talk it through, but I officially am all on board with him practicing his his shirt rip. Oh, it. I mean,
0: it was no question for me. I was I was I was on board the entire time. So. And, and then you agree. I mean, at, like,
2: as a, especially a guy like Noel Isles, like, top of the game, and like, he's as cocky as he's. You have to say, even if you, whether you believe it or not, you have to say that you're gunning for Usain's Bolds record. Like, how could he yeah. not say that? There's no question. Yeah. That's like
0: not even, that's not even a headline. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, hey, Mike, we're going to, we're going to do, I'm going to throw a little, make it, make this, uh, this a little bit interesting. So if anybody who uh buys a sweatshirt, um you can screenshot your your purchase and just DM it over to Peak too early. Let's uh let's do a little parlay action. We'll do a little football parlay action and to, to to end the episode. So give me one of your picks. I'm going to throw out one of my picks and whoever whoever send whoever whoever I pick. Who, so here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Send me a screenshot Send me a screenshot of of uh, of your purchase and your your pick against the spread for this upcoming uh, Sunday and whichever pick I like best. I am going to put into our parlay and um, they will they will split the winnings with with me if uh, if uh, if if we win the parlay. What do you think of that? Does that make sense? All right, let me let me get
2: a quick recap on it. So, let, let me see if I'm understanding that. Me and you both pick a game right now. Yeah. And then I'm,
0: somebody... I'm I'm automatically putting those two games in my parlay this weekend.
2: And then whoever... Somebody purchases a sweatshirt and sends you a pick. The person, the pick you like the most, we put it into. So, now it's a three-game parlay. And... We put it in, and then the... They, it's essentially win, a free we, bet for that if, if they, when they split the money with us or with you. yeah
0: yeah it's essentially a free a free bet on this weekend's football okay
2: okay sorry it took me a second to to, to fully understand that but i
3: like it
0: and i haven't even looked at the spreads yet, so i'm going to open it up right now and this is this is going to be this is going to be off the hip this is going to be pure instinct here no research just pure instinct so let me see we got nfl we got this game this weekend all right, so we got – we're going to eliminate – sorry, Brian. We're going to eliminate Tennessee and Buffalo right now because they're playing right now. We're going to eliminate Minnesota, uh, Philadelphia because they're also playing right now. So we're going and we're going to skip oh, – Mike, Mike disappeared again. We're going to skip – all right, we'll skip Pittsburgh, Cleveland because they're playing on Thursday. So we'll go right, right to the Sunday games. Let me take a look here. Let's take a look. Oh, Cincinnati giving up five to New York. I like that. I like. Hmm. Buccaneers minus two and a half to Green Bay. I like that one too. This is bad radio. Let me just kind of going through the uh through through the lines, but um. All right, so I'm gonna take my pick while we wait for Mike to get back. Oh, the Patriots are getting three against the Ravens. I don't like that. I don't like that. So as we wait for Mike to get back on, I am gonna take. I'm gonna take the Bengals minus five against the New York Jets. All right, so Mike is having major, major internet issues, so we're gonna roll four without him. And uh, I just got uh, Cincinnati minus five from him so we're gonna we'll give him that pick and i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna take i'm gonna take i'm gonna take tampa bay buccaneers minus two and a half so just a reminder send us a screenshot of your sweatshirt purchased with your pick our favorite pick we're gonna take and you essentially get a free roll you're 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 in on our parlay and if we win you're just gonna it's a free bet you're gonna get half the winning so um not only are you supporting an amazing charity by buying a sweatshirt but now you're you're just making money off of buying a sweatshirt for charity so it's a win-win-win-win all the way around so uh i'm by myself here for the end of the episode so i'm gonna kick off the bell app And uh, on my bell lap, I'm just going to say, I'm actually going to give a shout out to bell lap track and field gear. They are organizing an after party for Indianapolis after the marathon. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. Uh, We will send out if you're in the area or if you're planning on joining us for the marathon, if you're traveling out to Indianapolis for the race. We will have all the information uh, well before the race. So um, be sure to get that if you're, you know, for whatever reason, you don't see our Instagram post or, or anything like that. And you're going out to um, you're going out to Indianapolis. Be sure to hit us up and we'll give you the information about where we're going to be and when we're going to be there. I am pumped. I'm pumped for the race. But to be honest, I'm more pumped for the after party and hanging out with the two crew. So other than that, I would run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike. Hear me with the Joseph
1: Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and
0: talk it over. So many things that I want to say.
1: You know, I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to hey. lose your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love.
2: Holy shit! All right. <laughs> <sighs> God, sorry,
0: all all right, Mike. Like, all right, he's back. Oh. He's back, <laughs> hey, gentlemen. Oh, Place in get... the
2: middle of nowhere. I live out in a goddamn farm. All <sighs> right, the internet around here is ridiculous.
0: Well, Mike, did you were you able to were you able Steve, to conjure up a pick?
2: No, Steve. Because what happened was I opened a web browser to go look at lines, and that's like. It, opening a web browser was enough internet like pull to just completely shut my computer down so no What's I can't it? even look I can't even look at lines
0: how is this even possible like it's 2022 I, I
2: don't I don't know it's the worst internet on planet earth you
0: get it, you we get it. should
2: hurry this up before I lose it again
0: all right well do you have a pick do you have a pick
1: don't got many friends left to talk to,
0: no way to run. I'm in trouble. You know I'd do anything for you Stay the night but keep me undercover.
1: come on